Okay. It's just this week has pretty much was like, I I had a set schedule, and that schedule was shot through with 12 shotguns. It was great. That's (laughs) why I gave up on making schedules. Well, uh, for me, who is always working on projects, a schedule is actually incredibly important because that's how you make sure projects stay on schedule. Is that how project management works? Partly, yes. Who blew what up? Everyone. Everyone. Email compromises, dumb users, people not understanding how things work, having to completely engineer a brand new VPN solution that we've never used, dumb help desk technicians, dumb field service technicians, and then I had my cloud service technician nearly in a uh, a panic mode that I had to walk him back from the ledge today because he accidentally deleted a AD uh, group from a local server because he accidentally clicked the wrong button. There was no warning or anything saying, hey, nope. are you sure you want to do this? Nope, it was he was trying to find the properties, which properties and delete are very close with each other. And he's working on a remote connection to that server, and enough of delay, it was, yep, gone. <laughs> and they didn't have recycle bin enabled, so it's just gone. Oh, that's rough. It was fine. They didn't really need it. <laughs> it is fine, but he was just like, he was trying to be so cautious and careful, and he was doing everything correctly, and he just, he misclicked, and it happens. It why I told him, I was like, I'm not mad. Honestly, like, this is so far the easiest thing I had to work on today. Not a big deal to me. You never responded to me on uh, Discord. Yeah, I was I was typing a <laughs> message, and then I got hit up, like, in three other ways. So, uh, no, I haven't got that <laughs> You've far You've been yet. knocked up three other ways? Shut up. I think it's time we uh, hit the button. Who cares? Oh, are you recording? Yeah, we can say whatever we want right now, because oh. you're going to be... Uh, Stop muting. What did you guys do to my network? I, Steven, I what connect, are you downloading? I connected my old laptop what? to it. Does that <laughs> Did you let in the Russian hackers already? We are like two minutes into this at most, and you no, no, already no. compromised my That's network. impossible, Jonathan. I'm using a Mac. Okay, so we just did the music. What comes after the music? Welcome to the Hostility Morning Podcast. I'm your host, John. Joined you today by... Matthew. Ian. Nathan. Steven. My team is still not in dark mode. Listen, it's because you're on a Mac. I told you, Macs natively just don't like Microsoft. And Teams is a Microsoft product. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Microsoft natively doesn't like Macs. To be fair, Microsoft doesn't like anybody that's not themselves. And even some days they don't like themselves. I say most days they don't like themselves. It depends. Why can't we? What? Unless you're in QA, then they really just don't like you no matter what. Well, that's just an expense. They don't know what that is. That's true. They did get rid of that. So, user horror stories. Who's got one? God. I think okay. you should go first since he yelled about it last time. It's gotten better. 
but speak into your microphone. It has it's gotten Ian. better. You gotta speak into the microphone. <laughs> but <clears throat> okay, I started a project a month ago. Uh, yeah, right at right at a month ago, got brought in, onto this project. Uh, users are telling me that they just need a, a few reports, or my boss is telling me the users are needing a few reports created. Uh, really easy thing. Get into a meeting, and they're like, hey, we need six to ten dashboards created by December 12th. This is, at this point, three weeks um, to the due date. And I haven't even looked at the data yet. I don't know what I have. I don't know what they need. And it Simple. So you're you're in you're in data analytics, right? Yes. Yeah. Just like any data analysis, you make it up. This is the easiest solution. Listen, you have access to nice graphs. You have access to nice pie charts. Just throw a bunch of hobbaloo in there, and then just make it look really, really nice, like awesome, like ray traced graphics. We're gonna and then get just there. Submit it. We're we're gonna get here. Okay. So three weeks to that, they're like, okay, we need six six to ten dashboards. I'm like. What? If you want a good dashboard, it's going to take you a minimum of a month to go through, uh, test all data quality, especially for a new pipeline, and get to get make sure all filters and everything are actually Question. working. Yes. How? What is the timetable for a passable dashboard? For a passable dashboard? Passable. Yes. Um, your, what's your definition of passable? Meaning the dashboard loads and sometimes data is there. Sometimes data that I can give you that in an hour. Perfect. <laughs> That's what you're doing. It, it, we're not too far off. Anyway, results are so, results. Another week goes by. I, I finally come back to them and say, okay, what are you actually wanting? Because what I have is absolutely absolutely worthless. They tell me then that all the the data that they've provided me uh, through this pipeline is being sourced from Google Sheets. and That's their first mistake. Not only that, it's being sourced from Google Sheets, and it's all fake data. Like I said, man, <laughs> ray-traced <laughs> graphics. Ray-traced them. See, if you had just provided your own fake data, it would have been no different it's than easy. their fake I data. I literally took their fake data and made my own fake data so that I could have a semblance of knowing what I was doing. I heard you like fake data in your fake data. So I'm like, <laughs> fake data in your fake data. So is this kind of a negative, data. negative pot? Is this like if you have two yeah, sets of fake data, then it ends no, up no, no, being no, 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 no. Now it's actual data. We, we did this four times, essentially. This is, this is a, yeah. Um, now he's data, he's like, you know, fake data pi I just, R squared. I just went, like, I just went right absolute now. value data. That's, yeah. that's all. At maybe, some point, maybe even if it's negative. At this point. I really hope we get a mathematician in the comments. <laughs> just to like, <laughs> no. like how wrong you are. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Anyways, we, I finally get them, get them to understand that the way that they're wanting this, um, this portrayed, which is with, uh, with these hours per project by week, what they have given me, it's impossible to do. And so then I start talking to the data engineer that wasn't supposed to be on the project anymore. I finally t- start talking to her. We get into get into it, and they haven't filled out one of the columns that I don't have access to. So I had, had no idea it, it existed, and this one column is what this entire project hinged on. So I take that to them, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you like three dashboards that are okay and they're like we don't need dashboards we just need reports (laughs) 
I love this. You are, this is the pain I feel on a daily basis. I love this so much. Mm. So I'm like, wait, what? You, you, so you, you don't need any kind of filtering. You don't need any kind of... You, you basically just need something that statically pulls data into a graph. You want Excel. Oh, we already use Excel, uh, and we pull the data from Google Sheets, and it's just too much... Um, too too much manual work. We want this automated. Okay. Wait, How much wait, you wait, wait, the end wait. result is they still pull the they're results going to. of the report and put it back in a Google. This, so their their mm-hmm. end result that they've been ha- that they have had up to this point have been Excel spreadsheets, and the data in said Excel spreadsheets has been pulled from Google Sheets. Yes. I heard you like sheets in your sheets. <laughs> <laughs> this on uh, legitimately, this sounds like a what? perfect scenario for Power BI. Agreed, one hundred percent. Legitimately, I, I said that. I, I said that. I was, but we, this the company that I'm uh, I'm working for, a big M, does not use Power BI. They have Tableau, which I which I'm using. A they have an internal tool for dashboard creation, and then one other thing that I refuse to touch. Even if it kills me, so that's not, that's not happening. Tableau is my only option. I'm I, uh, I'm okay with Tableau. I'm good at it. It'll it'll work. It's not going to be great, but it will work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll we'll do it. So, after taking all my fake data, putting it in, and making sure what I need is uh need to have is somewhat viable, I start putting it back into or putting the original pipeline back into the source so that I can see how it looks. Make sure everything's working right. And it does. There's just zero visibility on anything. All these pretty graphs, all these ray trace graphics that I have, and, and these reports are just going to blow their mind. They don't exist because the fake data that they have in this pipeline is absolute garbage why do they have fake data in the pipeline because this this i actually learned last thursday after the after our previous episode they are creating a new tool and so there's no um that tool has not been launched yet therefore the tool cannot populate the data so everything that's in there is fake because it has to be fake because there is no real data. Yeah, it's it's placeholder. Yeah, it's all placeholder. Okay, so that, that that makes that, more sense. Yeah, that, that does make that's logical. That, yeah, that does make more sense. Again, I didn't learn this until last Thursday though. But do you have they explained how this new tool set is going to work and publish the data? Because that's important for you to be able to build the dashboards for it to be published too. So no dashboards right now. That's yeah, right. That's right. Just, just reports. reports. Yes. So that helped me a lot. I'm actually going to maybe get this done on time, um, which is the end of this week. So we're we're okay, um, but nothing will populate until people start using the tool after the beginning of the year. So I am going to have to come back on, and they're going to have to pay us more money just so I can double check stuff. And make sure that everything's working correctly because they did such a bad job with the source files that I can't touch, which doesn't make any sense because it's all fake, that I can't verify anything. With They'll what bring they them have. back in five years. So just for just for the listener's sake, this is an example of what waste, fraud, and abuse looks like. <laughs> yes, like very, very clearly. Like 
waste, fraud, and abuse. Like across now, I understand placeholder data being there while you're building the tool set. The problem. I mean, here I've is, done that too. I know, I've, I've done it, and like I don't, I, even, I, I don't I've even do it. this. Yeah, this Here, is... Here's the problem: is like they couldn't, they couldn't have even provided you with an example report that has actual reflective data for you to test against to ensure the report pull is accurate. Because right now. You can pull all that fake mm-hmm. information, but you have absolutely no idea if the data is correct that you're pulling. Exactly. And again, this would not be an issue if they had just used their existing data that they have been compiling for the last year. Yeah. There's a lot there. If they had just transferred that into the source file that we're using, which is actually like 12 sources, it's ridiculous. Um, Tableau does not do well with multiple sources like that. It can work. But Power BI is vastly superior when it comes to data management. Um, it, it, it's just it's it's been a, it's been a bit of a nightmare, and so I I had forty hours to do this project um, over the course of last month, so thirteen hours for a couple weeks. I they uh, I was able to get ten more hours out of it, and I'm still maybe going to get something that I wouldn't even consider past an alpha for anything else. But it's going to go in production, so it's fine. Yeah. And no one will look at it for at least three years. No, they'll be looking at it in February. No, no, I mean like go like going back and validating it that oh. it's actually right. Yeah, why would we'll you see. audit your data? You never we'll audit see. your data. The data is just it's there. It exists. It's happy. I mean, why would you ever go and do validation checks? There's no reason ever to do that because computers always crunch numbers 100% accurate every single time. I I lost count at how many directors I got angry at me because I would actually go and look at the raw data. Never look at the raw data. Only look at the nice ray chase reports. That's all that matters. Look how clean that pie chart is rendered across the screen. I guess my my user complaint really wasn't a true user complaint. It was a client complaint, but they're the ones using it. Clients are made up of users. Yeah, yeah, your point of contact at the client is a user, so... Yeah, that counts. Oh, I also had one of them at, you know, a ver- again, a very large tech company tell me that she was tech illiterate. So there was that too. Hey, oh yeah, that's no, it's it's fine, you know. We why, work, we why work would for a technical ever, company and we have plenty of tech illiterate. Why would people. you if you use a computer every day, why would you ever properly learn how to use that computer? That is no. mind boggling to me. You sit down at it, you log into it, you exercise tasks and then you leave. That's all you ever need to do. Why would you need to learn how to I don't know reboot it or read the error on the screen or i don't know use any common sense while you're on the computer and not click on every link that shows up in front guys, of you in guys, your guys, inbox. guys 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 computers have only recently been introduced into the workplace oh it, I people I mean, this is only a recent development people haven't been using them very long it's understandable well i mean obviously. especially since people have been now able to take work computers home it's a new. It's. I mean, again, it's like adopting a a pet into your house. They have to adapt <laughs> to your surroundings and get comfortable and get some some clarity and understanding. And then you two have to have another bonding moment because it's a new environment. I get it. I completely understand. The absurdity of that statement is how accurate it is. <laughs> Can we have computer wellness checks? <laughs> we should. Oh my god! Over the years, show up at someone's house and knock on the door. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! If we're gonna do that, we also need to give them safe zones. The computers, computer safe, safe zones. zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just no, compl- no. Compl- Over the years, I've I've done many house calls for 
uh, either business people that take or have work machines at home or just for standard users that, hey, we went to Best Buy, we bought this laptop for uh, you know my student over here, and now it's not working. I will tell you this. There is no safe zone in that house. The only place that computer is ever safe is either taken out to pasture or... In the you, loving embrace of a technician. No, no, but it I, depends on the technician. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So Not is you. this like is this like the Sarah McLaughlin, but instead of in the arms <laughs> of the angels, it's in the arms of the technicians? Yes. Oh my goodness, we should make that ad. But but seriously, th- th- I'm not talking about a safe place in the home. I'm taking talking about a business opportunity where we can set up these like you know computer daycares where uh, we we put e- we store each one in a Faraday cage, so it all it has to do is meditate and relax while it's you while it's. Uh, uh, its loving user is at work and it doesn't it doesn't have to worry about it anymore. I like We're that. gonna make tens of dollars. I'll yes. I like that. Yeah, we we start the trend of of everyone having a Faraday cage as a, a safe space for their computer, computer to go. I love this. Your computer one hundred percent one hour of peace and quiet every day. One hour. No, it's, no, no, no. It's like a toddler. It needs at least three hours worth of naps a day, or else it gets really cranky. This is this is could actually make money with parents. Uh, p- the parents put the computer in the Faraday cage so that the kids don't have access to it in any way. My computer's just been doing some really weird stuff. Like, have you put it in the Faraday cage lately? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't put it in there yesterday. Well, it's cranky and it's now, not in a good mood. Now, so how you... long was your computer up yesterday? Oh, six <laughs> hours. You didn't let it have a nap here. Okay, let me let me have it. We'll go put it in the back. Let it have its little nap time. We'll give it, you know, a few quick little updates to you know fill its tummy up with. Maybe we'll go ahead and purge out some. This temp is sad files. because there's people that would. Th- <laughs> There's people that would believe that. Exactly. We can, We're being we completely preposterous. But yet we gotta capitalize on this. Like, we can we can use we can use Ian's progeny to test this on. <laughs> no, that's no, mean. my child would figure out a way into it. That is, that is actually hundred percent true. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're not wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. they're they're gonna be no, they're gonna know this stuff better than we do. Um, so oh piggybacking off of that, I'll just flat out say that my I mean, horror story, just this horror story in the sense of it, it hurts my brain to even think about this right now. Uh, and it's only been on, I believe three occasions, but that's enough. Um, it's, it's far too many times for this to have occurred. Um, I have been on the phone with real life human beings, allegedly, um, that have believed truly that their monitor, the screen that they look at the what's going on in the computer, uh, that that's the computer. Because it is the I've, functioning, I've the actual yeah, yeah. that the, the computer. So I've had people say, "Like, okay, we need to reboot your computer. We need a hard reboot. Like, you need to push, hold the power button down, and, you know, shut it completely down, and then come back up." You've only run into that three times, and that's enough. Only three it's times. Far too many. Are, yeah. In all these cases, was there a desktop involved? Yes. Okay. So, granted, devil's advocate here. Um, like, we grew up, um, I'm gesturing to Nathan because he's my older brother. We grew up with an iMac, right? So, the, the screen was the computer. That makes sense. Not, not a the, okay, lot of people. Not the G4. The G4, it was in the base. The G4 was a special computer. It still is a special computer. I would say that y'all are in each case because I'd say most Mac users that may have had, like, they probably didn't have experience the Mac Pro. All in ones in the Windows realm. And all in ones are, for better Few or worse, and far between. 
No, Few and far between in the business realm. They're too now, man. In the business realm, in the consumer realm, you would be surprised at how many all-in-ones there are in the wild. Listen, the the problem here is it's all of terminology. Stephen, what you should have said is, don't turn off the computer. You need to hard reset the CPU. God, and they stop, they would completely understand what you're saying. <laughs> you or stop. the hard disk. You stop right now, because that's the other thing that drives me up a wall. Because I've heard that too many times as well. I've heard, yeah, the terminology, the the CPU. To to be fair, and then the hard drive. If if you would, if while your computer is on, if you just rip the CPU out, it would reboot the machine. That is true. It would hard reboot. Yeah, yes, that's. It'd be permanent, <laughs> but it would reboot. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Speaking of the CPU, I had a buddy uh, build a new P- gaming PC recently, and. He bent one of the pins on the motherboard Ooh. and somehow bent it back, and it's working. Oh, yeah, I you can that. do that. Yeah. As no, long no. as you don't break it. Knowing this guy, I am amazed that he was able to do that and figure it out. I was just like, what? You know, He, t- he told me that, and I was just like, bravo, I'm air clapping right now. Like, you go, man. I w- did not expect that. The... Uh... To go back to the all-in-ones and the desktops, I had a ticket when I was at the help desk um, that I'm just I'm having flashbacks on. This this case was it was an all-in-one. It wasn't you know monitor CPU. It was an all-in-one, and I'm doing this over the phone. And I'm you know I've been trying to explain to people like all day that no, you have to hit the button on the CPU, not the monitor. Um, and it turned out this case. So they're looking for the CPU in quotation marks. They can't find it. And I'm like, all right, you got to be kidding me. We've got to figure this out. It took me a little while. And then I realized, well, maybe this one actually is an all-in-one. So I looked up, you know, what room they were in, where they were at and everything. And it was an all-in-one. Um, so that was kind of the flip side of that. Uh, it does happen. And that's it fair for this. It, now, and I guess uh, it, uh, to address your devil's advocate, uh, in all of these circumstances, uh, because of either prior familiarity with the environment or uh, our management software that we have that tells us, you know, make and model oh, yeah. of computer stuff like that. I was fully aware of the fact that it was not an all-in-one. It was well, very much a desktop. I'm, yeah, that's and the nice thing about a the, lot of the And in at least one of these circumstances where it was, this is the one that stands out as the most blatant because they were just genuinely mind-boggled. Um they were I know for a fact you were genuinely no, both. Okay, both. Uh, I know for a fact that the tower, the computer, was literally sitting beside the monitor. Now, on the other occasions, I believe you know they were. Mo- I believe they were either like on the floor uh, down beside it, or in one of those stupid uh, desks from the '90s where they had a cupboard. For the freaking tower, oh, that's started just a, that's on just that. a fan box. That doesn't, oh, that doesn't the, do anything. Mm. It's connected to the monitor, but it doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But no, in this particular case, where it just it stood out as the most blatant. Uh, no, no, it was sitting beside the monitor, and and I had to explain to them that the the box that's connected to it with the little flashy light, that's the thing you need to turn off. And then they did it, and boy, weren't they surprised when the screen went black. And they're like, oh, my goodness, the screen went off. I'm like, well, good good night. Can't believe it. You turned the computer off. You gave him the gold star for the day, right? No. 
Give them the helmet stickers. No, they got one of those. What are they doing in, in schools now? Is it the cards? It's like they yeah, have like blue cards and yellow cards and stuff. It's like soccer. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't even get that. We you had you got time out for that one. No, well, yeah, we had timeout. It was either you sit there and you learn, you go out in the hallway, or you get onto the principal's office. No, no, this was actually was a valid circumstance. Principal's office. This was a valid circumstance for the the good old uh, write the phrase on the whiteboard a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this this was a valid circumstance <laughs> for that. It's called a tower, not the a screen. CPU. Is not the computer. The screen is not the computer. The screen is not the, yeah, do it 200 more times. But they have carpal tunnel, Stephen. That's, that's too dang bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. You feel better? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, good. How about you, John? Oh, good Lord, where do I start? Do we want to Just go? one. You have to pick one. I have to pick one? Well, this one's less of a user, and this was more of... I was trying to help. Microsoft doesn't count as a user. This wasn't. No, 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 no. You, you got to side witness this interaction that happened uh, two weeks ago, where a vendor decided to finally get buck with me. Okay, tell the story. The vendor still doesn't technically count as a user, but I'll allow it. This is yeah. Oh my goodness! So (laughs) we have a uh, a mutual client that they decided uh, to let us know. Hey, our email was compromised. How'd they know this? Well. They clicked on a link that got sent from somebody that they thought was actually the recipient. It wasn't. Um, and, well, you know, one thing led to another. We remediated the site. But in doing so, we needed to enable additional security policies, one of those being MFA. Well, when we enabled MFA and the version that we did, it broke their SMTP send relay through their line of business application. So the user's all flustered and angry because they can't send out any of their invoices or any of their pay requests. So they reach back out to us. I start looking into the problem because I'm the one who made the security change. One thing led to another where we needed to open a ticket with their line of business application. I reach out to them, and by God, it has been a long time since I have actually heard somebody so defeated yet so angry pick up the phone in my entire life. <laughs> it like, has been a while since we've talked. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't answer my calls anymore. You rarely show up, but it's fine. No, not you this time. So I answer the phone. You know, I do my spiel. I explain the problem is, and in the gruffest like i've been smoking a pack a day for the last 20 years i'm hungover right now and i've just helped another client that is extremely stupid replied to me going well have you tried enabling app passwords and plugging that in mind you we're on modern authentication inside of microsoft 365 cloud that app passwords for all intents and purposes have been fully deprecated yes if you technically have a premium p1 or p2 license you can technically still do app passwords, but those eventually will go away, so it's not a long-term solution. Hold on. Are you saying at passwords? Or? App. A-P-P, like application. Okay. Application-based passwords. It is, for all intents and purposes, just like you having like a passphrase to get into your computer or a PIN code to get into your computer, the application password is another version of authentication that you can use for apps or applets to allow them in without physically logging in as that user. So it's pretty much like a 
think of it more as like a proxy password where it still completes the handshake, but you're not actually getting into the account. And Microsoft is getting away from that. Correct. Okay. It, they're not very secure. So that, that's why they're, they're going away. So I explained to him, that's not possible. We're on this version of 365, which is Azure uh, AD free or Entry ID free. That's not an option for them. We need to use modern authentication via SMTP impersonation where we actually set up a SMTP relay via their static IP address on their public side. What's SMTP? Secure mail transfer protocol. Yes, sir. One sentence. What is it for? It, it is the protocol used to send email from an application. It's, so it's email. Yes, it's email. Okay. This, this is all email. Everything we're talking about, for the most part, is email. Okay. That's what's broke. So I am on the phone. Vendor's getting buck with me because I'm telling him accurate, real information. He is not believing this information and throwing back, well, I just helped such and such do the exact same thing. I set this up day in and day out. I'm like, cool, buddy. Well, guess what? You're about to go and have to redo all of this in the next you know, couple months or so, whatever Microsoft flips the switch off. So I'm giving you the heads up. You're welcome. Um, but to the point where he pretty he straight up told me, well, there's nothing further we can do. You need to stand up a third-party SMTP relay, point it, to our system, then point that our system to 365 and it'll work. And then he hung up the phone. He hung up. He hung up on me. Oh, wow. I haven't had someone do that to me in a very long time. Fantastic customer service. Yes, it's fine. I, I called him back, went to voicemail, left him a not great voicemail, sent him an email with all the same information, articles cited, screenshots of the tenant showing everything. His reply back was, well, I guess... We can't help you at this time. Set up the third-party SMTP relay, which I then replied. So your guys is, you're telling me here over the past eight years, Microsoft's making you aware that this feature is going away. They're moving to this new modern platform. You guys never did anything. They never replied. Why would they do anything? Why would you? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Even if it's on an old deprecated platform. Keep it around. It'll still work. It's fine. Everything's fine. Microsoft never sunsets anything. Yeah, never. It's fine. We upgraded their licenses. We ended up adding that account as a service account, removed it from the MFA policy, and now it works perfect. Hey, to be fair to Microsoft, they are not as bad as as Google at sunsetting stuff. Google buys a company, and oh then it, it just immediately the day the next day is like, ah, eh, we don't want any more. Files. Yeah, uh, Google DNS anybody <laughs> that they just added like here's a bunch of new awesome like uh, uh, domains you can put on the end like dot uh, not dot net but dot tech dot, dot I, zip dot uh. zip and all that. Oh yeah, one month later. Oh by the way, amazing. It was the dumbest thing ever. What are you talking about? Google just works. They do things. They're so innovative. They don't ever half-bake a solution, put it out to public, and then kill it You know, a short time later. Never. There's as long de- as you just do whatever Google says, you're fine. Not even that. There's totally not a website that follows every single deprecated service Google has ever done, and it's definitely not in the hundreds. The one that I was the most sad about was actually Stadia. Stadia actually worked well. They, they didn't have a great business platform for it, and they definitely didn't market it well. But the the Stadia controller itself was one of the best controllers on the on the market. And it was the best streaming plat- platform for games, I, I believe, out there. And I will fight you because the best controller on the market ever is still the Steam controller. I'm, I'm here with John. Everyone, everyone can tell me I'm wrong, but until you have actually dedicated just for one week, 
use the Steam controller, and then come back and tell me it's a bad controller. You, you if won't. they would, if they would make a Steam controller two that has the four back buttons instead of just the two that the original Steam controller change has up, on it, change up the grip. Yeah, put the new back buttons. Change the haptic feedback on make the touchpad. Make it a little pads. bit more like the yeah. Steam Deck. Just a controller. Oh my god! It sounds like a great. lot of complaints of for the the best controller out there. No, it honestly is a phenomenal controller. It was ahead of its time, very much so. So then, I, since I haven't actually used the Steam controller more than like two hours before, I will I will put the asterisk, the best standard format controller. That's fair. I did like that controller. I honestly, I have fallen in love with the uh, the PS5 controller. Which I can't remember its name. What whatever the, the Dual Sense. The Dual Sense. Dual Sense Five. I do like that controller a lot. Original Xbox 360 controller. Still the best. Me. I will tell you this: the only one better on the 360. I mean, on the 360 on the uh, original Xbox was the uh, Mad Cat uh, controller, the clear plastic one. For the original Xbox. Yes. That one. Phenomenal yes. controller. Yes. Oh my goodness. Hundred percent. John and Stephen high five. Yes. For yes. the listeners. Hundred percent. What I, I've never agreed with you more on a subject. I had one of those as well, and they were fantastic. Mad Cats yeah. was a good brand. They were. For, like, for the generation, I would I would agree that that was very good. But if we're putting it against uh, all controllers. Oh I, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. No. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Now the one. The Duke was obviously the best controller ever released. The biggest surprise controller that I've that I've used was the Switch Pro controller. Yes, that I is also a very good controller. I absolutely love the Switch Pro controller. Yeah, agreed. Like the first party ones, they've got some heft mm. to them. Yeah, well, like that's that's what I like. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like every time I, I move it or I'm going to like throw it halfway across the room. No, completely agree. Not that he's good. ever actually thrown it halfway across the room. but No, never. Yeah. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> There's no dents in walls. That was though. the see that that was the downfall. I never dented a wall. That was the downfall of that game was my roommate was going wireless because you didn't have the the tether of a wire. You know when you had we had back in the day we had wires for for gaming controllers. I mean if you chuck the thing it could only go so far before uh-huh. it got caught by. It's kind nope, of like having nope, safety ropes nope, for. Nope. <laughs> Tell that to my father that I still remember to this day back in our old house he had his office long hallway dining room. What he did when we were playing uh, Melee one day, he got so mad, he pulled back, ripped the the uh, controller out of the GameCube, chucked it down the hallway, and dented the uh, the far wall in the dining room. And the control worked just worked fine. Worked perfect. <laughs> <laughs> worked but, perfect. Well, see, again, he broke the safety tether. Hey, but that was that was Nintendo, all right? That, they, Nintendo orig- makes... Yeah, original cool. Xbox still did the wired controller the best yeah. with the breakaway. Nintendo's plastic oh, was so good. something else. Yeah, it was. It was Nintendo's amazing. Nintendo's plastic was N64 only... N64 controllers... Nintendo's not the thumbstick. Nin- thumbstick was bad. Nintendo's plastic stop it. is only it, no, like they the broke tier all the below time. Nokia's. My yes. my favorite rage. The plastic is fine. The thumbstick build quality horrible. You were, what are we talking about? Apparently using it wrong. N- the N64 thumbstick. It's bad. Oh, the, well, the rubber on it. Yeah, not just the rubber. Just the, the stick. I think in you general just had a was too bad strong because, of a thumb. No, like it. That is a thing. If you, if, if you actually go no on there. the used market. <laughs> I, thought you were I heard that. About the I hate you. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about John's thumb. I hate you so much. No, but when you're buying used N64 controllers, how tight the thumbstick is is something that you actively check because, again, if you grew up in the 90s, you went to McDonald's and you tried oh, playing okay. N64. 
and the thumbstick, like you take the controller, just flops around. Oh, you okay, can't do okay. Anything. You're talking. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. You're talking about the the spring or the resistance. In the, I thought you meant literally the the peg snapping off. No, 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 no. Okay, no, okay, no, no. okay, okay. All right, we're on the same that page. I, I actually have seen that once, but it didn't snap. Well, it did snap off. That's because the dog chewed on it first, and then uh, when we used it eventually. You'll broke, get that on fine. those big jobs. Yeah, My no favorite big favorite game rage quit moment was uh, a buddy of mine in high school. Uh, he's a year older than me. He had a PSP. And he was playing uh, Tekken, uh, one of the Tekken games, uh, so sh- Street Fighter type, um, and he lost. And all, and he was on, he was on the other side of the room from me. Uh, he, he lost, and I just says, smack. He headbutts the PS5. It snaps PSP. it in half. That's the the wait, console wait, which generation of PSP was no, it? No, PSP, PSP, not not PS5. I said PS5. It's, oh, uh, it was the first PSP. Or... Oh, the Fats, the 1000 series. Yeah, God, those are thick boys. That's what I have in the other oh. room. He headbutted yeah. it. He headbutted Golly. it. Snapped it in half. Wow, that's I'm impressive. Impressed. I'm really impressed. Almost as impressed as Nathan's horror story. See, right now under the bus, my uh, my horror story is probably. Keeping you all on track for this episode? Nah. That's not that hard. Good luck with that. Okay. We've only gone now like we, four can tangents. We amend, can we amend the 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 category to not necessarily user horror story, but just user incident? Yes, that's fair. Can you provide a could you provide a user incident example for us? Oh gosh. Give us an incident, incident report. Oh gosh. Hey, what's the AAR on this? There was his brain's working like it needs AARP right now. The, the, you're not wrong. You're really not wrong. This is this is what sleep deprivation will do for you. And I typically get at least some sleep. As the father of two children under two, I understand this. <laughs> you get a pass. <laughs> the rest of us really don't. Blink twice if you are still okay to drive. Oh, I'm good right now. I, we actually got like seven hours of sleep last night. Oh, it was wow. amazing. Whoa. That's actually Consecutive really or in, 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 in chunks? Oh, no, it was in chunks. <laughs> <laughs> so, cumulative. My favorite. So, this isn't necessarily a horror story. Back when I was doing help desk, my favorite calls were I would be on the phone, we would have the quote-unquote client's support, because I did not do direct computer support. I was supporting a platform that companies used to interface with my company. And so it was not uncommon for the other company's tech support to call in with the person that had to call us because we would only work with certain account holders. And so like for you all, you, your client would say, Hey, we have to deal with this company. Can you call in with us? You'd be like, sure. And then I'd be the one to answer the phone. The fun ones. And I cannot think of a specific example at the moment. It it was a long time ago. I've blocked a lot of these out, but the, the fun ones were always when the client was a total moron and their tech support 
had been doing it long enough to where they had mastered the there, there's this tone now you all correct me if i'm wrong but t in my experience tech support has developed a tone of voice that can only be recognized by other tech support yes there and, is such a thing as the customer service voice yes and it was always fun having conversations with them with the client on the phone and it's just like not even veiled disdain but the disdain is being spoken of on just a slightly separate wavelength that's just separate enough that's just out of phase enough from the idiot on the phone it yep that you can have that we are able to have this conversation and Fully invent our frustration. Well, not fully, but closely vent our frustrations with them on the phone. Mastering the mute button while you're on the phone is the best thing ever. Yes. So, I, but I, yes, I, no, this is this is basically what you're describing is because uh, I I I can attest to this personally. I have this. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, essentially having a client long enough who is of this um, demeanor caliber whatever mentality um all the it, above yes uh it, it's having them long enough to where you you learn the the borderline you learn that threshold of of where their their ignorance exists and where it ends so you when you're dealing with like other tech supports that you know understand you and like y'all yep. can speak like this yes. that you're talking about um you know which side of that line to stay on where you can basically talk crap about them like blatantly like they're on the phone <laughs> and they won't know what you're talking about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I was just about to say one of, the, uh, one of the best things to do in these situations is to take that next step up from just absolute base level. Everyone should understand uh, language to the level one, <clears throat> level one help desk tech support uh, of you don't know what I'm talking about, but we're going right over your head. Yeah. My my goal, actually, in my career uh, is before I – well, my goal, my goal in my career is to uh, eventually move into a position where I literally don't have to talk to a user ever again. Um, but uh, one of my goals, uh, just you know, small personal goals, is that I get to speak to another uh, technical service representative about a uh, even pseudo – uh, networking issue, and uh, I would love to be able to use the term uh, and them understand what I'm saying a layer eight issue, and, ha <laughs> and have that moment with them uh, while the client's on the phone and the client and just be like, "Oh yeah, y'all think it's a layer eight? Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, y'all. Whatever y'all need to do to get the layer eight issue fixed. I mean, that's oh, fine. Oh, you're you know? fired. <laughs> <laughs> So just whatever we need the, to do, you say. Yeah. The amount of times of just firing a user solves my problems is incredibly high. Incredibly high. But okay, now the issue with that is if you do it too often, you're gonna just replace the the one you fired with a, a worse it user. It, it, it depends. If I get to hand pick the user, then I can mold them. I can shape them into the user I want them to be. John, you can't touch every client like that. It's invasion. <laughs> so I don't like how you phrase that at all. <laughs> Just to make sure that this is this is on record, right? 
Um, the the official show position is stupid until proven intelligent. Yes, it always has been. Like my stance for a very long time is everyone is stupid until proven intelligent. That is actually something I had on a sign at a previous previous job, and it was great. And the reason being is if you always assume someone is dumb, you handle every issue like they're dumb and incompetent and don't know how to use a computer, and then you find the diamond in the rough where you have that one user who is two steps ahead of you already and has fixed their own problem before you even got to your conclusion. That is where you finally hit peak euphoria on the help desk. Just don't assume that they're malicious all the time. No, just idiots. That's fair. Well... Okay, so there's a lot of very nice, not, very kind. Do not idiots. act in such a way. Uh, do not act on your assumption that they're malicious all the time, but I'll always suspect that they're malicious. I think. Just don't I think act the base on assumption that, that they are stupid until proven intelligent. I, I agree with the the base assumption being that the stupidity is not born out of malice. Yes, but usually there does come a point where. It is just malevolence. Yes. Directed at yes. tech support. And that and then that yes. is when I remotely execute one of my favorite scripts, which flips their keyboard and puts around, and it's the most <laughs> hilarious thing in the world. <laughs> I have literally seen after I did that to a user, again, this was at a, a, a previous job, them rip the keyboard out of their computer and throw it out of their cubicle. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. I <laughs> Again, hold on. How long ago was the most recent time? I can't say. <laughs> I cannot say. But I, ha I have that script on a thumb drive for a reason. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I, I ever made. I made that one. The uh, the duck script you put on your computer that I yeah. found on GitHub was amazing. Yeah. I also have another. It still sits dormant on my computer. <laughs> hey, nothing's killed it so far. Um, I also had another one. That would randomly rotate the display, like occasionally, like it was on a set timer. Um, that one was hilarious because I did that again. I can't say timetables, but they were definitely an executive. They definitely did not understand computers, and it always gave me an excuse to go and talk with them. And every time I talked with them, I always came back with a little bonus. It was great. <laughs> So you were farming? 100%. 100%. You created your own your own side quest? <laughs> like in a game? You had to get creative with a few of them, but yes. That, oh, one of the God. ways I learned scripting as well as I, do, I know now is by making stuff like that. Why do I not find this shocking at all? I don't know. I'm kind I of an able. create a scheduled task and... You can do sketch. Yeah. yeah. It's even better when you know how to execute remote PowerShell against machines. PS session is one of the best commands Microsoft has ever put on inside of Windows. <laughs> okay, so there is so there is um red hat hacking. There's white hat hacking. Would this be? This is straight well, black hat. That, yeah, well, this is straight this black is, hat. This is kind of this, this. This borders on malicious. This is like well, this is like gray hat with like a little little like star on a it. Dark gray hat. Yeah, this is charcoal gray hat. Charcoal. Yeah. 
So I, I, I chose. Does you know, that qualify? Okay, genuinely. I chose you, chaotic good on, you, on my build. It's would fine. that qualify as hacking? Uh, neutral. I'll give Considering you Considering you were simply miss, but managing machines within your internal. Man- managing, managing was, was big, big quotes, quotes on what yeah. I was doing on some of the but stuff. But you were simply managing your infrastructure. That's yeah. not necessarily hacking. You had full access to all the things that you were oh, doing. I, I had way more you access on that You just mistreated that access. Occasionally. It was also, I was doing pen testing. Sure. Our security software did not catch what I was doing, which, you know, especially when I remote did signed all my scripts. Did you report that to the no, team? No, 100%. <laughs> what, I, was good, I was good buddies with them at work. I, I Again, I got along with the networking guys, our sysadmin team, except for one sysadmin, but he was, was no longer there shortly after uh, I was brought on. Uh, again, the majority of the management liked me. It was... Mostly, well, j- yeah, because you fixed all their problems. <laughs> I fixed most all, all their legitimate problems, and again, I sometimes caused illegitimate ones just to go hang out with them because it was great. <laughs> again, you can't sit in your office all days. Again, they they know everything, and then number two is who you have to find either the chillest director or the chillest C suite operator there, and then that is your new best friend. Whatever you do, you make sure they know your first name, your last name, the exact desk you sit at, and how long you've been at the company. If you befriend those two people, you can pretty much run your infrastructure as long, as any way you want. Also, if you are not part of the um, the in-house tech support... Don't do I, any of this. If, if you are not part of the in-house tech support, find somebody on the in-house tech support to make your best friend. That is also true. Because oh, yeah. for me, I was actually never on in-house tech support because, again, I was I had very specialized responsibilities. So I actually never did your traditional PC support. But I always was very careful to make sure that I was on excellent terms with several of the people who yeah, were. I, now, I imagine this probably won't be a, a large portion of our audience, uh, presumably. But for those of our audience, for those of you that are not in a technical role whatsoever, you're in... Uh, some other industry, some other, you know, you, you are the receptionist, or you, you, you stumbled are... into this, and we thank, we thankful, we are very thankful for you. We question why you're still subjecting yourself to this, but you know what? We appreciate you. Please don't take anything we say personally, or uh, do. This is all for for entertainment. Purposes. This is how this is how you Sometimes. don't be an idiot. Yes, but but nonetheless. So for all of you that are here with us listening, make for like as much stereotype there as there is around. Uh, IT people and, and the IT team or the help desk, the make friends with them, be the, nice to them. The most important, the better relationship you have, if you can, if you can get on a uh, a call with a help desk team member and with with some kind of a problem, and you can make them laugh, and you can like, I mean, one thing definitely for sure. Every time you have a problem and you need to call help desk or just the tech team in general. Get the problem solved, be helpful, be mindful of the questions they're asking you and give, you know, helpful answers. And then once the problem's solved, they're going to try and get off the phone with you because they got other stuff to do. But just have a real quick talk with them. Make a real quick comment, you know, make them laugh, have a little laugh with them. Uh, just, you know, make a little little small talk or something and, and start developing that relationship. They will treat you so well. You will become the favorite user. You 100%. Will, you and will you be, want to be the favorite they user. They will fight over you. You want my gold Legitimately. Star. 
if yes, if you get gold stars and you and you like your name starts getting circulated around the help desk as like, oh my gosh, this user's so there's, easy to deal there's with. Two reasons they why they will name fight would be over you. Yeah. Your <laughs> ticket will your ticket will go to the help desk and they will fight over it. And you'll get service way faster than everybody else. That's now, the misconception. Like all the people, I, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I called the help desk and they were so mean and they were so negative. It took so long for them to answer because you're a pain in the rear. That's why you are a royal pain, and nobody wants to talk to you. I mean, if every if time pleasant, that you call the help desk, there's a problem. Chances are you are the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'll, I mean, and and again, like, just Google. Just Google. You don't even have to like the you googling whatever your problem is. Just Google to say that you did it, and just like go to the first result and just like memorize the first line of it. Then put your ticket in, and then just the first thing you say. Well, you know, I tried googling it, and I saw this thing, and it said blah blah blah, but that didn't work. That right there will go miles with the help desk because it, that shows that at least there's some initiative. You put some initiative and thought into it, and they'll go right into the next step. Exactly, and the most and these are really easy things you can that, yeah. that just regular people can do that will make their relationship uh, with the tech team, the help desk, uh, much more productive. Because and so, pleasant. because being on the tech support team, the most important thing that we actually have in our tool set is an intelligent user. Yeah. We like smart users; they're very independent, able to solve their own problems. When they usually open tickets with us. It's because they actually need real support and not my keyboard doesn't work. My mouse doesn't work. I clicked on this button and now there's a weird message on my screen and I don't know what this is. If you can read, comprehend, and articulate your problem in an intellectual manner in a way that actually easily able to know what the ticket's about so we can already pre-stage a solution for you to get you in and out of the queue as quickly as possible so you're able to work we're able to move on to other issues, and we're able to have a very positive interaction. It's better for everybody. Yeah. And and on top of all that, for you guys that are on, you know, tech support teams, one of the most important things you can ever do, and I got this feedback from working IT now for 13 years, is just be personable. If you can be personable to your users and to your management staff and anyone that's around you, you will go leaps and bounds ahead of most people that even have more technical experience than you do. Yeah, don't be a robot. Don't be a robot. Don't be, a robot. Don't be the uh, a typical stereotype of you're an IT guy who sits at your desk all day, you're by yourself, you, you come in, you go out, you're a drone, and you're not really seen much. When I worked corporate IT, I was well-liked and well-loved because, one, I was very good at my job, I solved their problems, and two, I talked with everyone. I had relations with everyone. I knew what was going on in the office, what was going on in their personal lives. It's great. Yeah. And I mean, the comment about the users about, you know, having that, make that small talk, you know, make that, that one, just ask a question, you know, do a little, have a little short conversation. That's, that goes vice versa as well. That's that goes, how you build good relationships. Yeah. That goes for yeah. the, the help desk and the tech team as well. Uh, you know, do that with the users because it goes a long way, especially, I mean, in the, the area that I work in, which is field services, which is more, uh, you know, uh, face to face, you know, we're called out. We're actually, you know, in person. Uh, it's actually a little, in my opinion, easier uh, because you have environmental data. You can, I mean, uh, every time, uh, just because I, I do, I uh, personally hunt and fish. And so anytime I go to a user's office who has like 
mounted game or like a pictures of you know a fishing trip or something like that i'll chat them up about it uh i know enough about sports that i can chat them up about you know football or baseball or basketball sports or something. Ball. yeah sports ball. and uh I, and i mean you sports don't have to like like become best friends but like you just chat you know make no, that just, small just have, talk just have a working relationship that that's all that matters with with an interest that they have and uh heck you know, be known, be seen. You go to the receptionist desk, and they have a picture of of their dog on their desk. And if you halfway like dogs, talk to them about their dog. That's you know because one of our so, point of contact. To the, yeah, and sometimes you find out they have two cute little wiener dogs that they dress them up in little elf outfits every Christmas and take Christmas cards, <laughs> like Christmas pictures of them. Most adorable things ever. Yeah, if absolutely. there's a picture of a cat, though, just throw it in the trash because that's all it's worth. <laughs> And on that note. On that terrible bombshell, I guess we got to end this because Nathan says we have to wrap it up. Yep. I've been your host, John, joined here today by... Nathan. Matthew. Ian. And Stephen. <clears throat> you almost forgot again, didn't you? No. <laughs> I was actually like, oh, this is such a nice ending. How can I go for that? That was a green upon ending.